podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. We put this festival on you bastards with a lot of love. We work for one year for you pigs. Or do you want to break our walls down? Or do you want to destroy it? Well, you go to hell. And welcome to the Fatback Four, or three, three this week. Matt is on um, very important um, industry business, so uh, he can't be with us. Um, so it's me, Gav, Ian is there, Ian's telling you that Matt's drinking, probably, yeah. And it's, uh, or shuffling cock. <laughs> or uh, uh, evens on both of them. And, uh, and the main man, Chris. Um, welcome along on the weekend of West Brom 2, Liverpool 2, um, and the week ahead with Roma on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, here we go. We might as well go to it. We go to, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to do a bit of West Brom. We're going to probably focus a little bit more on Roma than we did West Brom. We'll get through any questions come up on the Periscope, we'll get through them. Um, we'll do, we have a random topic for later on, uh, which we'll get to as well. And any comments that come in on the Periscope, throw them in. And if there's any decent ones there, I'll just hit, them, hit the lads with them off the bat and see how we get on. So, West Brom 2, Liverpool 2. Um, Ian and Grizz can't see this, but I'm going to switch this over now and you will be able to see the lineup for Liverpool. Um, the lineup was Carius, Gomez, Van Dijk, Clavin, Moreno, Henderson, Milner, Wijnaldum, Salah, Mane, Ings. Um, Ian, I'll come to you first. A lot was made over the lineup, what it would be. Would we go strong? Would we go weak? Would we go somewhere in between? Um, I think that was I think that was somewhere in between for from my reckoning anyway. Um, were you happy with the lineup? And did you think, yeah, it's probably enough to do West Brom? Uh, I think it, the lineup was what it needed to be, really. You couldn't really... You had Lovren, who was coming back from injury, so he couldn't start. So Clavin is going to cover there. Matip's still injured, so Virgil van Dijk has to start. There was one tackle in the first half, which was very worrying, when he stayed down for a bit, and my arse went. Uh, the midfield... This this highlights the fact that our squad isn't isn't the largest. Do you know what I mean? Because we, we do have to play certain players that probably shouldn't have played. Do you know what I mean? And we were caught between should we go for it or should we really not go for it? And it it, it kind of showed in the performance. The performance was well, you know what I mean. It was just one of those. It was a bit like the derby one, it where everything's focused on Tuesday because you can say the professionals and they're supposed to win every game, and I know people say that, but you cannot take away from the fact that. We're going to finish top four, but Tuesday is huge. Do you know what I mean? So everyone's on that. We, we almost played at 
he's rested our central striker who never stops. Uh, I was all right with the lineup. Do you know what I mean? I thought it'd be enough, and I thought worst come to the worst, we'll get a draw. I wouldn't have, I didn't want to draw from two 0 up, but uh, we're in that awkward position at the moment, mate. Where we're trying to, Klopp's trying to spin a lot of plates, and he hasn't really got a lot of room for manoeuvre. Do you know what I mean? So it is what it is. Yeah, uh, Chris, the, he hasn't got room for manoeuvre, and. That's one thing we've we've talked about a lot with the, with the squad depth and stuff like that, and um, particularly when these games of over Christmas and now come and take them fast with massive Champions League games nearly every second week. Um, was there anything in there that you thought? Oh, I, I mightn't have rested that person, or I, I may have rested, say, a Van Dijk or maybe a Henderson. Maybe try to rest two of the midfielders rather than one. Is there anything there that that struck you with the lineup? It's again what Ian said. It's difficult, isn't it? I mean. Firmino got a nice little rest, uh, you know, the, the bionic man, the marathon man, call him what you want. So that was to be expected. Mane's running into a nice bit of form. So I thought, you know, he's going to get, you know, not not running into, he's been in sparkling form for the last seven, eight games. So I, I wanted him kind of carry on with the rhythm. Again, it was just, uh, where, where we, I think I think in the fullback areas we're fine. I kind of expected... Uh, the fullbacks to be rotated. It's it's as you said. It's, it's the it's the forward and midfield where we struggle to rotate. Again, if Emery was fit, Lalana was fit, then yeah, you could imagine him, or you could easily um, envisage him sort of changing the midfield. But we didn't have much choice. I mean, Henderson has been is not overplayed this season anyway, so he was fine. Uh, young James Milner is just. It's just a machine, isn't he? So you know, he just carries on and on and on. So yeah, the Ox. I think he held back his energy, kind of, sort of, you know, give him a nice little twenty-minute run out at the end, so he's nice and fresh. So I think, you know, I think the only slight dilemma in my head, which was about the Salah situation. I mean, you know, I still, I don't know, something. It's just the way we are. We're so nervous about our star man. I just don't want anyone to touch him or even go close to him. Like, shoo, go away from Salah. Do you know what I mean? It's like because he's that important to us. But look, the team picked itself. Near enough. Clavin uh, came back in for Lovren, wasn't it? So, yeah, the, the fullbacks were changed. It picked itself. I mean, ideally, ideally, I would have made one less change to the back four. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think um, the one that surprised me was actually Moreno coming in. And the reason was is because although Robertson has played a lot of football, he's probably only played a lot of football over probably half a season, when you think about it. You know, going back to August, he, he had a game, I remember... Crystal Palace at home, he was outstanding, and then he kind of went off the radar. Um, and he was able to score for a lot, and he, he gets in because of Moreno injury, and he stays in there. But he's probably only had you know intense football for half the season, so the, the Robertson won't surprise me. Um, I talk. Can I just was, say, yeah. in terms of how much he's played and all that, that doesn't stop him from getting a broken ankle, though, does it? Or no, no, and no. He, no. And he, no. Actually, so he's not playing, then obviously he can't get that type of injury. So I think. Rackman and Cotton Wool type of thing. Not not that he can't perform, or he wouldn't been able to get up and down the line. I just think it's. I, he just just doesn't want to play Moreno against fucking Roma. So yeah, just, that's that's probably more the point. He, he's not resting. He's resting Robertson for the sake of not having to play Moreno now at this stage. So yeah, could be that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. Um, Clavin, I thought will play um, because. I think Lovren comes off against Bournemouth, doesn't he? And yeah, he only got a training day before. Yeah, he can be quite fragile. Um, you know, at the best of times. Um, midfield wise, 
Yeah, I probably would have played Chamberlain because I think he gives more energy than, than, than others in there and a little bit more creativity, especially when you're dropping Firmino out and you're bringing Ings in, which I had no problem with. So overall, yeah, the team was fine. Um, look, let's let's get into the game. Um, we start all right. We have the majority of the ball. That was always going to happen. And a massive moment, in for um, Danny Ings. 930 days, I think I heard the commentator saying soon after, uh, to get a goal. First of all, really good striker finish. And second of all, I thought he was close to tears <laughs> in during the celebration. Yeah. I genuinely did. Um, could that be a big thing for Ings? Could it, could it be a big thing to push him on and you know give him that extra belief that, yeah, he belongs in this squad? Or do you think it's just, you know, he happens to score, but it may not it may not improve his chances of, of being more involved. Uh, Klopp seems to like him, mate, and he always, like, bigs him up all the time. Do you know what I mean? He even said the other day, he thinks he'll go on a bit of a run and he can score more goals. I think it was brilliant for him. It was a really good finish. It was like a number nine finish, and we haven't really got a number nine in the squad. Do you know what I mean? It was nice. He should score again about 20 minutes later, however long it is later. That He should score that one. If he scores that, then he really makes you sit up and take notice. Do you know what I mean? But... Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, he did it, just the relief, man. You imagine. Uh, and all, all right, we it's easy to like say, well, he's on sixty grand a week or whatever, and his life's perfect and all that. But he still fucking works his ass off to get where he's been. Sacrificed all kinds to get where he's been. Do you know what I mean? And then to have like knee injury after knee injury, and then when he signed for us, he's probably thought, right, here's my chance to really go to the next level here. And then he just fucking as soon as clock comes in, I, I think he'd have got a lot more football on the clock early doors. Then he does himself in again. You're a heart, you've got a heart of stone if you're not pleased with, for Danny Ings to score that goal. Yeah, I, actually think- tw- I actually tweeted that. I said, if you're not happy, as an LFC fan, I mean, I don't expect every fucking club's fans to be happy because Danny Ings scored. But if you call yourself a, a Liverpool fan and you're not happy, like there were some fucking mongs, believe it or not, Ian. I don't know if you saw them. I should have actually retweeted some, but I didn't want no, to. No, mean, I don't need, Even, you don't need to. Yeah, I know they're yeah. And they were actually, some of the shit that I heard was, I'll tell you what one person, well, a couple said, shit, I didn't want Ings to score because Klopp might give him more games. Work that one out. Yeah, don't do me a favour. Don't don't name any of these people. No, no, I'm not going to name fucking. Yeah, so so he can't win. The thing is with Danny Ings, right, I think if you put Danny Ings in a Swansea or a Palace or a, a team like that, I think he scores 10 to 15 goals a season. Easily, easily. I think he, think he does it. He done it at a Burnley as well. He scores goals. He will score goals. Is the, the goal that you described is a proper fox in the box. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and we don't. And, and and do you remember we discussed this? How many times have we discussed this? But it's probably. I know it's difficult to say when we've just smashed hundred goals this season. But it's probably one thing that we could do with yeah. as a squad player, as an extra squad member, a fox in the box type. I'd say I know the, prob- the problem with having him as a number nine, it's not his fault, but our two wide forwards don't gel well with him. No. They're used to, used to Firmino's movements and Firmino goes into the right places and he no, knows how to like yeah. set them free and all that. And Danny Ings isn't that type of player. He hasn't got it in him. Danny Ings is a get-in-the-box, shoot-score type of player. Yeah. So he might score 15 a season, but I dare say Salah would score 15 less. Do you know what I mean? So it's where, it's where you, you can balance it out like. Yeah, and the thing is... When well, Ings... I am surprised he hasn't... Go on, go... sorry, Gav. Sorry, well, the thing was, when Ings was at Burnley, I think he did play in like a 10 role behind the striker. And um, But the thing, the difference there was is that Burnley were under pressure a lot of the time and he was 
and nearly an out ball down the channels, which which let our main man stay between you know between the goalposts as they call it. But and, who, uh, who did they play up front? Was it Sam Volks? Um, I'm not too. Someone I can't like remember that, who, like who a big, big number nine, money. Yeah, and he ran the channels. Uh, yeah. Ings ran the channels and allowed this lad to stay basically within the lines of the box, so he didn't have to. You know, he was in there and he was always occupying people. But the difference with Ings, it's a drop off to Ings from Firmino. And it, to be honest with you, there's not many players in world football that it wouldn't be a drop off to. Yeah. And exactly. it's not because it's not because Firmino is the best player in the world. It's just the way he suits what we do. And if you watch Firmino, the amount of times he comes deep, nicks a ball, and then immediately turns into this creative number 10, and these two, these two boys out wide absolutely go hell for leather at it. Um, but look... Gav, what I was going to say, yeah, go on, what I was go going to say is, before you said that, is you, and you actually mentioned something similar, is I'm actually surprised that when he has played with uh, sort of Solanke, I'm surprised Klopp hasn't paid, played them as a combination. Because I think that could... You know, the irony of it is I think that could be another way of playing for LFC. And it could actually work with sort of, but we very rarely play. I mean, we said the same thing about Sturridge. But again, the same thing with Ings, you know, playing him out with Solanke. I could see that working in, in, in the odd game when we needed to rest. Um, obviously, it would mean a change of formation. But I think we've got the personnel to do that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? So I'm surprised he hasn't got a chance in a two. I mean, even in the Everton game, he played on the right, was it? Or on the left? Well, one of the oh, one yeah. of the flank, yeah. So I mean, this game played him through the middle, and I'm not sure if it's. I think that may have been the first time he's played this season through the middle. Hopefully, someone on the Perry will correct me. But if that's the case, he's got 100 percent record, hasn't he? He's played played one as well, a number nine, scored one. Can I just say before we move on from this goal, how mustard is Sadio Mane? By the way, yeah. Yeah, oh, that was real street oh, football man. stuff, wasn't it? Oh, I mean, you know what? I mean, that's like like JJ Kocha African yeah. style football. Do you know what I mean? With the all they've got all the tricks and all that, and that's what it reminded me of. JJ Kocha used to do stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, he's playing at the absolute top of his forms, man. He really has. Really has. Well, the, the <laughs> thing, the thing is, um, like the thing about Mane, that, the thing, the thing about Mane and that one is, um, he. He, I think he's quick to realise that Jay Rodriguez closing him down, and Jay Rodriguez is a striker, not a fucking right back. So he, he he thinks he can get away with it. Go yeah, on, but who plays that? Who, who plays that small corner, short corner to him? Uh, Mane plays it to Milner, and who gives it back to him? Milner again, clever, sharp, incisive. He may be getting on, but Milner's football brain is still quick as anybody else's. He thought of that quick, made it two against one. They were slow to come out to him. Uh, and they took advantage. Mane with a lovely JJ. That's a good description, actually. A JJ Kocha chip over the. Was it JJ Rodriguez that came out? Yeah, yeah. JJ Rodriguez. But yeah. see, I love, I love that about Milner. I just wish JJ Rodriguez. JJ R. Yeah. So I just, I just wish, I just wish Milner was like ten years younger. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I really, really enjoy his professionalism and his sharpness on the football pitch. I know. I don't know if this, if I can prove there's such a thing as football intelligence. But if there is, Milner's got... Well, of course there is. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people say that's bollocks. No, it's not bollocks. Of course there is. You you tend to find players who are not as quick are more intelligent because they have to be. That's how you get by. And and, and he's a prime example. You know, he's not going to have your flash... uh, Jan Moby. Jan Moby. Jan Moby. Moby's an amazing example. Jan Moby's an amazing example. Jan Moby, Ronnie Whelan, all of them, you know what I mean? They're they're not quick, so they've got a... Teddy Sheringham. So they've got to, you know what I mean, be like Peter Beardley, they've got to yeah. find the way around the pitch. 
yeah. by being smarter than people around him. Nicky, uh, at Nicky Oxron, I think it was, says Manny looked like John Barnes at that goal. Um, touchy subject for me, I think John Barnes is the best player he's ever played for, so uh, I, don't, I don't know. No, I don't. Uh, no. He hasn't got his arse, isn't as big? No, he wouldn't look as good in those toy shots in the late 80s. <laughs> <laughs> John Barnes was exquisite in them, he was. Um, right, look, let's move it on. Um, the first half goes on. West Brom kind of huff and puff, and I think Liverpool do well to, to quiet in that crowd, which isn't a hard thing, I, don't, I wouldn't presume, considering the bottom of the league. But um, there was one standout chance, I'm trying to go on memory of this game now, there's one standout chance that they have, um, or an opening that they have, where I think it comes off, it might be Clavin has played the ball short, he tries to play it, Moreno gets blocked, and it goes out for a throw. They get a cross, and it goes to the back post, if you remember this. And I yeah. think it's... Um, I wouldn't mind he's Irish, the fella on the bleeding left wing. McLean. Uh, McLean. Um, he hits it back across and they're unfortunate not to get a tap in. But oh, yeah, there, was a, yeah. there was a couple of things there, Ian. There was a couple of little bits in um, in that first half, I think, where the rustiness and the lack of rhythm, as as uh, Klopp would describe, it kind of showed up, didn't it? Just on a couple of occasions where, where we're all in good rhythm and we have the players that we want on the pitch, these things don't happen. But we are lucky to get away with that one, I think. Yeah, and you know what it does as well? It probably shows that, especially myself, uh, how much of a disservice we've done to the likes of Robertson and Strength and Lovren by saying Van Dyke's made them all better. It, he has, but when they're not playing, Van Dyke was still playing and the players around him didn't rise to their levels, if you know what I mean. So it, it's just proven that even though Van Dyke's a superstar, he still need, they still need to be very good players alongside him to improve as well. Do you know what I mean? He took, he took our back three out there all right, Gomez got a bit of shit yesterday, but he hasn't been fit. Moreno hasn't been playing. Clavin's, Clavin's just Clavin. Do you know what I mean? It, the standard has just dropped, like, massively, hasn't it? You could just see it. They, they find, The last couple of months, you haven't fancied anyone to get around us in the full-back areas. And if I was a winger or a midfielder or whatever, and I, I saw Moreno ahead of me, I, I'd just rub my hands with believe me. It's not that he hasn't got ability, but he's got no brain. He's never going to have a brain. So it's the, it's the opposite of Milner, isn't it? He's yeah. got all the physical attributes, well, apart from height, like Gav. But you know, he's you know he's he's, he's in the fullback, for example. He's, he's he's fast. He's dynamic. He's got the energy. He's sound on the ball as well. He's quite decent on the ball. Just the fucking upstairs, isn't it? And it's not it's not only yeah. that. It's not only that, right? They they know they're not playing on Tuesday. They know they're not. So that's got to play on your mind as well. Yeah. You're now second choice, and the best players are getting rested for the biggest game in the last ten years, and you're not going to be one of them. So that's got to play a part as well. And he's probably I, leaving in the summer as well. So I, I think that works both ways, and I want to get to that later about not knowing you're not playing, knowing you are. I think it works both ways, and I, I definitely want to get to that later. It won't be a rant, I promise, but it was definitely something that I thought. No, about. you do. You rant. You rant. You rant. <laughs> um, but look, look, people on the periscope are saying, Marine. Um, M underscore Annie seven eight six says Moreno is not good enough. He's a more than his fair share of chances. I agree with you, um, but I think he showed a real um, lack of I don't know composure and a lack of understanding as to how we play. It's like he, he nearly he, he forgot how we play, you know. But we may have changed the way we play because of the personnel that were there. We don't know. Um, you'll probably notice that we're going to lash through this game because we really want to get to Roma because it's the one we're all actually buzzing for. Um, but Look, 1-0 um, at half-time. Um, yeah, it wasn't... It was a fairly dominant first half, 
but it could have been more. Actually, the one more I want to touch on Ian is you mentioned there. There's the Ying's chance um, that he, he should have he should have buried in the fourth. He should have buried in the fourth half. I'll actually let him away with it a little bit. I think okay, he probably could have went more into the corners, but I think the keeper's trailing leg is actually the one that gets it. Oh, it's a, don't get me wrong. It's a very good save. Mm. Very good save. But you've you've got to score that. He scores. He scores that. It's game over in it. Mm. Yeah. That that early on. Yeah. And a little bit more composure. He, do you know he what it is? lifts it a bit, maybe. Yeah, do you know what it is? Firmino misses those chances, right? This is the difference. Firmino does miss those type of chances and a lot of them. But Firmino gives you so much more everywhere else. Ings has got to score that. Because that's what he's in the team for. That's us, you get what yeah, I'm saying? That, that's his, yeah, that's so, his forte. So, yeah. so that's his forte. That's, Ings will get criticised far more for missing that than a Bobby would because Bobby will eventually get an assist, make space, all the things that we've mentioned before. Whereas Zings is, listen, run around, but when you get a chance, put it away. So that's where, you know, that's his forte, as he says. But yeah, I think we might get to it, we might not get to it, but I think Klopp blamed the pitch for that, didn't he? The dryness of the pitch, you know, as watered down, you know. Yeah, so, you know, they kind, of, kind, of got, kind of got stuck in his feet. It didn't kind of flow in front of him, so he could do what, do what he wants with it kind of I, thing. I think Klopp was a little bit silly with his comments afterwards, but we might get to I that. think it was just frustration. There was a lot of frustration. Ask Ian after the game. Um, no, there was a lot of frustration from <laughs> lots of people, um, you know, mainly for the reason of, you know, probably dropping a 2 nil lead with 10 minutes to go. That's but, what it was, yeah. Yeah, and I, but I think, like, I think you're right. Ings has to score that because if, if, if Firmino has that game yesterday where he scores after four minutes, misses that chance, and say for argument's sake, we come away and we win 2 nil, Firmino will be lauded because you probably wouldn't talk about the goal as much as his walk rate and what he does everywhere else. The goal is just yeah. an extra, whereas the, the goal was it for Ings. Um, but that's, also, that's, I would say, if he'd done it the other way round, and he missed the first and scored the second. You probably look at him in a, in a in a brighter light, but you think he's grown into the game, and you remember his second chance more than the first. So he still scored his goal, but he's got the second one is easier than the first. Yeah, it is. The first I, is I, just I, instinctive. I thought, the he one, hit, I thought he should have hit the second one first time. He should have just come across it with his right foot mm. and hit it. He, but he, he tries to he tries to take it and hit it with his left. Um, one nil half time. Second half starts. Um, Again, they're huffing and puffing. We're kind of controlling things. And enter that man, <laughs> Mohamed Salah. He's equaled the, the amount of goals for a 38-game uh, season. Um, another phenomenal finish. And I, I dare I say it, it's another goal where every time, when I see it, every time I see it, I just think that's just something Messi's done for years and years and years. Um, Ian... Phenomenal record. We're talking about him every every week, but with three league games to go, to be to be basically thirty one and thirty five is um, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And a shout out to Oxley Chamberlain as well for a brilliant decision. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you, you run out of like adjectives for him, Jimmy. He's, he's mental. He, he scored better than a goal a game for over twenty games now. And that's like if any other striker done that in in our league, you'd be you'd be going mental for him. We keep you need to keep like reiterating that Salah is a right forward, right winger. Do you know what I mean? He's not even a central striker. He scores that goal from the left as well, which is nice to see. It means he's coming from a different side, but he's just he's unreal. And it, it's becoming like you say, it's becoming like a custom refinish. You go down, I'm thinking it in the story. I think he's probably better at them than when he's swapped them. To be honest, but. 
Yeah, and Ox as well. Ox is getting a really good understanding with our front three now. Really good. So that that's the they were the plus sides of the game. Do you know what I mean? Um, Tony here says are you going to talk about Neves or um, Madison, etc. Yeah, we are going to get onto a few of them later on. A hundred percent, probably nearer the end, but we will get to them. Um, Madison's uh, Madison's just gone off me. You just you just spent some time with Madison, didn't you? Yeah, she, she <laughs> should. And that, that one, no, she's Liverpool. A, she's how's Liverpool that for an ex- how's that for an exclusive? Liverpool and mm-hmm. signing your daughter. Um, there's another bloke Could, called Madison somewhere that uh, couldn't they're, afford her. They're not signing him either. It's just all made up. Um, yeah, so yeah. two nil, two nil. <laughs> yeah. You know, the game looks safe, um, and the decision to make a couple of changes. Yeah, looks looks good. Grizz, let's get on to it. Um, they get one back on 79 minutes. It's a corner. It's headed down. Um, Van Dijk is slow to come out, which plays the guy on side. And there's a there's a shot and a second attempt. The ball's forced into the net. Um, were you worried at that stage? Or was, were you thinking, oh, OK, 2-1, but we might get another one. We'll catch them on the break. Um, I thought it was a fairly poor goal to, to concede. Yeah, it was it was um it was a goal that sort of reminded us of slightly of the dark old days, didn't it? And when I say dark old days, I mean like a couple of months ago. We conceded kind of it was it's near enough the only kind of goal we conceded, sort of, you know, usually where there's a where there's a, a corner and there's a, a scramble and it always seems to fall for one of their usually it falls for one of their centre backs to you know, lashing, but I think it was a uh, was it JJ Cotter Rodriguez again who scored. Yeah, so he lashes it in. No, you asked me... Livermore who scored. Was it Livermore? Livermore. Sorry, yeah, Livermore. Sorry. Oh, Livermore, who I said actually. Uh, you know, I think Virgil Van Dijk can head the ball, pass the ball with his head better than Livermore can with his feet, and then he went and scored. So that got, that came back to haunt me. But no, um, I was. You asked me if I was worried. I wasn't. The changes in the back four, mix-ups were expected. Carriers looked uncertain on crosses, um, and that's understandable again because of the changes. We had a good understanding going. That's why I said maybe it was a one, one change too much in the back four. But um, listen, let's not get away. Let's not get around uh, the, the 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 subject about they are good at crosses. They are good at set pieces. West Brom, it's the only method of uh, scoring or causing panic or danger for the other because they can't play football. They fucking can't play football. And you know, you said, was you thinking that we're going to catch them on the break? I didn't. And you know why? They didn't actually come out. Even at 1-0 down, they still stayed behind the ball and just played for corners, throw-ins, free kicks. And that's all they played for. And look, you've got to give it to, I think it's um, Brunt, Chris Brunt, who's got fantastic delivery. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He has. He's, he's fucking phenomenal uh, free-kick penalty taker. And I think they've got a lump. Who, who takes the long throws? I think they've got long... Someone who takes the long... Th- is it him as well? I think he takes I think he takes all their set-pieces kind of thing. And if, and we know that they've fucking got about seven, six-footers in their team as well. So, yeah, you, you, you're, you're always liable to concede that kind of goal, you know, kind of cross into a box. But I wasn't really worried because... You know, once we're two 0 up, I knew we're not going to lose the game. Which was, for me personally, the aim of the game was not to lose it um, and not to pick up injuries. I was far, far more worried about. Honestly, throughout the game, I was worried about some of their tackles. 
we haven't even touched upon the ref yet, but I was just worried about their physical approach. I mean, our man Graham Souness at half time, I don't know if any of you saw him or heard him. He actually, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Graham Souness, sorry, I beg your pardon. Steve McMahon at half time said that West Brom are playing non contact football. I do not know which 45 minutes he watched, but they were not playing non contact football. They were playing overly aggressive, leaving studs in, leaving something behind in every single tackle. Honestly, I was just worried for the safety of our players more than the game itself. Um, Ian, it goes to all. Um, we might as well get to it. And it's a shambles of a fucking goal, for, in my opinion, from start to finish. The, the, the giving of the, of the set pieces is, is wrong, in my opinion. The ball comes in, I don't um, Carrius, I don't think he should come for it. I don't think he should be that far out. I think he should be forward or back. Lovren's not very tight. What I couldn't get over was a man between, say, Rondon and the free kick taker. There wasn't another man. You know the kind of way, like, blocking off that kind of ball. Um, I thought it was a shambles of a goal, and it makes it too well. Um, did you get annoyed then? Or were you thinking, ah, fuck this, just too well, fuck it. The point's better than, you know, although we lost it, you just take the point, fuck it. I mean, we get on with it, we're in a good position. I mean, you're always pissed off when you concede a late goal, aren't you? It's the build-up, it's the sloppy, it's the, it's the lazy play from Gomez. Then it, I don't think it's a free kick. Is it Milner who gets back? I don't, I don't think it's a free kick. It's not a free kick, no, yeah. Uh, it's a good delivery in. Carius is in no man's land. I don't think he had a very good game, Carius. He was all over the gaff. It, it was the Carius that worries me for, you know what I mean, long term. But but you're right, it's bread and butter. You'd have someone attacking your own near post as well. Uh, I, I swore to tell you when it went in, and then I quickly put it to bed. It's just it's not good. I was more angry with some of the people on Twitter, to be honest, than I was with the result. It weren't a good result uh, from 2-0 up. But I can't help but be focused on the game on Tuesday. Do you know what I mean? that, that's all I was bothered about. Like I say, in the first half, when Van Dijk stayed down for a couple of minutes, I shit myself because we're, we're screwed without Van Dijk. So if you did offer me Van Dijk to stay fit and a two-all or Liverpool to win and Van Dijk to strain his knee, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have the two-all. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I know where you're going. It's it, 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 it what it is. Um, Grizz, a lot of people are, coming, are commenting here. Um, I'll give you a full shout on this. Um, the referee um, and some of the fucking carry on from from West Brom players. So I'll give you I'll give you a full shout on it. Let me know what you think of the referee and some of the decisions he made. Go through a couple of them for me. Um, just from the the offset, um, there was a tackle Rondon done on. Help me out, guys. Who did you do a tackle on? The double tackle. Who was yeah, that on? It was on Ings. Was he on Ings? Ings got some rough. Ings got some Yeah, he did when tackles. you look back at it. He fouled him at the first one and then fucking Scissor kicked him. Scissor kicked him in the second half, right? Yeah. And the ref just totally... I mean, apparently, uh, I was reading on Twitter that this ref has been demoted in the past. Um, Don't you remember in a, when he awarded that goal that, that didn't go in? And um, when I say didn't go in, I mean it literally didn't go in. It, I think it, it hit the side net and side netting. Out. Was that and, him? Yes, Stuart Atwell, and because he, he was meant to be the next 
the next great ref. He was he was refing the Prem at like 24, 25, wasn't he? What goal? He what, what goal did he give? Where was this? I think I think it was a, a League One a, a championship. Championship. I I'm not sure. Is this the one where it went wide of the post? Yeah, yeah, it didn't go in. And I don't mean it didn't cross the line. I mean, it did not go in. And yeah, he, he awarded it. I think, that was Watford. I think that was Watford where they were I in the I think it was Watford, yeah. No, I mm. think it was Watford, yeah. And I think a header I, went across goal, went behind for a goal kick, and he gave a goal. Yes, if that's whatever, what it was, whatever it was, it was staggering. But it cost him his place in the Prem for about five years. Well, I think... So he's only this, just coming back now. Well, I think if this game doesn't cost him his career in the Premier League, because... That was and you got to remember you got you got sorry Grace, a couple of people are saying that um, the punch on Ings um, oh yeah I was going to come to them yeah, yeah I remember all the incidents a, a penalty the penalty show which yeah, is yeah, the yeah, most yeah, yeah. penalty I've ever seen but oh yeah yeah yeah, in yeah. A long the, time the incidents are proper in my mind. you guys know about my memory right but I can remember all the fuck ups this ref done and the point I'm trying to make is if he doesn't get punished for this. By the by, the FA, it's it, it's ludicrous. Because listen, you got to remember, we were winning that game. So the last thing we as Liverpool fans would want to be is complaining about the referee and being bitter. Because normally, when you're coasting one nil or two nil, and it's a not a nothing game, but do you know what I mean, you're winning and you know everything's cushy. You don't really want to be moaning about the referee. It's the last thing you want to do. But it was that bad. It was that bad that even though. We were winning 1-0. Danny Ings has scored. Everyone's happy. 2-0. Still, we're coasting. Still, everything's happy. Still no injuries. I was, and I think the majority of the Liverpool fan base was, fuming, absolutely fuming at the incompetence of this stupid referee because there were blatant calls. There were no 50-50. You know, do you remember how much drama there was about the Spurs penalties? Yeah. Right, like you know, uh, Mick, we we, we disagreed sorry, ourselves. Mick says, Mick says here, bring on VAR. And you always bring this up every week. How many decisions would you get? I, I think, I think, I think, I think if VAR was uh, available, I think he'd been fucking sent off the referee. I think that's how <laughs> crappy was, honestly. So he's lucky there was no fucking VAR. Because honestly, I'm joking. The refs, I'm, I think the refs would have said, right, get off, Stuart. You're having a fucking stink here, son. Do you know what I mean? Because he was that bad. The punch on Higazi was ludicrous. That was fucking assault. Right? The tackle was bad enough for Scuffle. He punches him while he's on the floor. And he doesn't sort of punch him and sort of look away and pretend it didn't happen. He punches him and looks at a ref like, what are you going to do about it? And that's how shit the referee was. He didn't do nothing about it. The penalty, there's no 50-50 about that. That is the most blatant penalty you're ever likely to see. And not only these major decisions, he was getting every foul wrong and, you know, just letting them get away with literally murder honestly and and that encouraged Darren Moore on the sidelines to sort of encourage his West Brom players to get more stuck in to get more tackles in elbows flying everywhere honest to God that was horrible Come from that in, 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 in fairness sorry in fairness go on, go on I'm just going to say whatever Darren Moore tells you to do you fucking do it yeah, he is a unit if you come home from work early and he's rattling your beard yeah. you make him a brew he is a fucking beast. Well, I think I think I think Darren Moore's had a word with him before the game and said, "Listen, son." Yeah, I'm that's all they've got. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the referee. But, yeah. but to be to be honest with you, like, um, I think I agree with you on the majority. Grace, I think if VAR is there, I think there's players in in trouble. And 
you know, there's decisions made. Like the penalty one for me. Nine men. They're down to nine yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. They probably are down to nine men, and they're definitely getting a penalty against them. The thing about the penalty is, I've seen an angle of it today, and the referee is leaning to look so we can get a good view of this. And yeah. what, he, what he sees is, and forget where the ball is, because people would argue McLean gets a touch, it gets it away from Ings, and Ings probably doesn't get there. The guy is running towards the ball, and if you watch the West Brom defender, his leg comes out, he tackles a guy that is nowhere near the ball, and then just doesn't he half puts his hands up and then goes, oh yeah, so what, I've done that. And I think, Ian, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think this comes back to a referee managing an occasion rather than a man of the match managing a match or refing an occasion as opposed to re- refing a match. What I mean by that is this is a team that are on the brink of uh, relegation and does he feel a bit of sympathy with for, for them from the start and he decides to give them... It's not even the benefit of the doubt. It's just fucking... It's outrageous what goes on. Do you think that that's what he's done or is he just inept and that's just the way he is? Oh, honestly, mate, I wouldn't even hazard a guess at his thought process. Uh, when I first saw Because he's it, a Mongo. Because he... <laughs> That, I mean, that's out of order on Mongo's. But yeah. when I first saw it, I thought maybe he's looking straight past that at the man who's got the ball. But then he can't do it. He, he's got to look through the challenge to see the ball. It's mm-hmm. just... Ah, it's a scandal, mate. It really is a scandal. But I don't, I'm not even sure the the, uh, like the occasion got to him at that point. Maybe if it was 2-1 in the last minute and they got a pen because their crowd were going mental, maybe... But I just thought, I just think he's inept. Yeah. I think that's basically it. Any anyone who's still against VAR because they say it breaks up the game, come back to me and at the end of the season if we finish fifth, and say you're still against VAR because it breaks up the game. Yeah. Because um, someone says here, how did the ref assume it was a coming together? He clearly tripped things. What the ref has to look at there is he's looking at two guys that one hasn't reacted, which is the defender. Two, the, the striker has, and he's making a run. And he makes a deliberate movement to put his body in a position as if he's tackling an invisible ball. Right? Well, I just someone some go on, someone just mentioned it. Oh, sorry, I didn't catch the name. Whoever mentioned that, I'm sorry. Uh, but he's just mentioned that the ref actually lives 40 minutes down the road right. from West Brom. I mean, that's fucking amazing how yeah. that's allowed to happen. Yeah, but you see, I'll tell you how it's allowed to happen because. They don't, have, they don't have to answer any questions. Internally, they do. Mm. And they'll disappear, like Ian said, quietly down into the Championship or League One. Um, and then they'll, they'll reappear at a certain stage and hope people forget about it. And as well as that, if you go back, and I always mention this, and I always mention them because as much as I didn't like him, I, I, I respect him. And Alex Ferguson used to do things that would manipulate situations like this. And he would make a whole fucking argument around this. And he would guarantee himself four to five decisions in the following month six weeks because that's how we played the game but now you can't now if you say anything you've like you've a ban for players that all of a sudden managers are up in the stand and you don't know fucking why because it's done quietly during the week that listen you were out of order Wenger's got done for a couple of times um but um it was just the, the, the carry on out of that referee yesterday blew my fucking mind and i agree with ian it's probably an aptitude but at the same time there's only so far an can go and then it's just pure fucking ridiculous um but look, to all, I want to ask his lads, um, because the meltdown that's occurred, uh, not a, it wasn't a meltdown for me, I was more frustrated at the fact that we were tuning up with 10 minutes to go, and I still come back to the fact that these players probably can't be trusted um, to step in when needed. Um, Ian, I'll start with you. Two questions for you. One, is the top four done, in your opinion? And two, you mentioned earlier about these players don't know that they're playing, so they're probably a bit off the pace. 
do you think it goes both ways where the players that know they're playing only have to go at 80% because they know they're playing on, on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever it is? Uh, absolutely. I th- I'm not even sure that it's an arrogance thing. I'm definitely playing, so I'm going at 80%. It's more, I'm going at 80% because I don't want to get injured for Tuesday, if you know what I mean. I don't think it's a, it doesn't matter how hard I try and play it anyway. I think it's, I don't want to overexert myself and miss out. So I don't, I don't think we've got too many bad eggs in the squad like that. Uh, what was the first? What was the first part? Is the top four done for you? Yeah, it's been done for a while. I think. Who's Chelsea got left? Apart from have apart mostly have Swansea, okay. us, and uh, they've four games left. They've Swansea, us. Um, they've two lower. Newcastle. Oh, Rafa, Rafa. Yeah, they got they Rafa Newcastle away. and somebody else, which is they've a handy run in Barrows, basically. They've yeah, got the FA Cup. They're, 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 they're they're, they might sit on the FA Cup. They're not winning four, four games in a row. I don't even think Conte wants to finish in the top four. That's how funny it is. I think he wants to bite the bullet. I read today that he gets 10 million quid if he gets sacked. Yeah. So I, I think he, he wants out. I think he. It's the most acted, obvious thing in football. I think, he, he, I think he actively tried to get sacked in January when he tried to sign Peter Cowell. Spot, spot on. Spot he was on. just like. I can't get Peter Crouch, all right, then I'll have Ashley Barnes. I can't get Ashley Barnes. Like, and he's just going for all these fucking dog shit beanpole strikers mm. just to get binned. I think he just wanted to go. So did, he a, make a, did he make a bid for Ricky Lambert? He went far off. But you know what I mean? It is, it is done if we just play even remotely as well as we played all season. We can't be too arrogant and just completely take our foot off the pedal, you know, off the gas straight away. But yeah, I thought, I thought it's been done for a while. And it's... Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll be amazed. And it, even if we finish fifth, we're winning the Champions League anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, Grizz, you have players there that know they're not going to play on Tuesday night. You have players there that know they're definitely going to play because you need to pick the 11. The only, the only question is probably uh, Milner or Wijnaldum is probably the only question come Tuesday night. Um, is it for you a sign of the drop-off in the squad from mm. your 11 to the rest? And the only reason I ask that is because it, I've been calling for this for a while and I will call for it when the season ends. I want four players, top quality players in, in the summer. And when them four come in, I want the four fringiest of fringe players to disappear. So when it comes to games like this and you make changes, you still have guys that believe they can still have a chance of playing on Tuesday night and that pushes everybody along. Um, for you, is that a sign of the gap? And again, what do you reckon on the top four? What way do you see it? Yeah, top, look, top four... Um all the lads that are better than me at maths have been doing the maths, haven't they, and said, we need four points from three games. And we've got Stoke and Brighton at home. Mm-hmm. So there's your six points. Um, Stoke worries me more than Chelsea away because it's yeah. sandwiched in between these Roma games. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but we, we, we should and we will have enough for them. I think, um, mm, yeah, you know, I think... Yeah, we said that against Everton and West Brom, though. And we didn't lose... And we didn't lose... Our goal difference is miles better than Chelsea's. So as that's well. another point, and it is worth a point. Yeah, they've been seeing goals better often. Yeah. Yeah. So, so look, the top four, fingers crossed, and everything else is done. With your other points that you've been making very um, vociferously for the last three or four weeks, I totally get, and I think I'm the only one who actually yeah. gets. Your point, yeah. right? I, no I one think else... other people get it, but they, they just want to keep saying no. <laughs> yeah. So I hear what you're saying, and I, I agree with you. I think, you know, look, 
the drop-off in quality, as I've said, is the most apparent sort of in the centre-back areas and up top. I still believe with with Cater coming in, if Emre stays or he doesn't stay and another midfielder, I think we have plenty of options in midfield and we will. You're right. For, you know, if you ask me now, what's the ideal summer, whether we buy seven, seven squad players sort of, you know, from ranging from about 20 to 40 million, or if you tell me four first teamers that come into the team all day long, I'd tell you, bring me four first teamers, you know, the positions that we've nominated in the past and everyone knows the four positions, right? So four first teamers, I think totally makes our squad. And you've got to remember, look, we have got four or five crucial injuries. You know, we've got Klein missing. We've got Lalana, We've got um, Matip. Who else we've got? Chan. Yeah, we've got Chan. That's five relatively regular players that have minutes played, have played minutes in our team. So, and that's quite a significant amount. So they all become, and I know what you're saying, the four first teamers come into our team and the four players sort of that, that they replace become active squad players and players that can step in and you won't feel the difference as much as we have. I think we've felt the difference in the last two games mainly because of the, the strike force. And we know that we are very bare apart from our usual three. Bring in two wide forwards, forward strikers, call them what you want. I think we're good to go next season. I don't think it's, I don't think major surgery is needed. I think he's done a magnificent job, Edwards, along with Klopp and the rest of the committee. Quietly have totally, someone told me about the team that he inherited or something and how different, or the last time we played West Brom or something, and it's a total different team. Um, I think he's done it brilliantly and quietly in the two years, two and a half years, whatever he's been here. And I think this summer, is every summer's crucial. But this summer, I think, is sort of... It's the first summer where we don't have to sell or we don't... Anyone can see an obvious uh, a player that we have to sell and to replace. We've done all that. We've got rid of the fields. We've got rid of the... You know, we've got everyone else. We have now only got to increase on our quality that we have. And I think that's a significant change and difference compared to years gone by. Whereas we're always trying to replace players. Now we've just got to top top up that quality yeah Ian um, if we bring four players in in the summer and they're four top quality players it's going to push this squad on in depth um, in numbers and in competition and I think that's the key when it comes to this part of the season yes you can have a brilliant 11 but I think the competition around the, the, the squad pushes us to beat an Everton beat a West Brom put us to bed and also puts doubt in players' minds will I get me game on Tuesday. I, I, I can't be at 80%. I have to be at 100% all the time in this squad. Um, would you go for four players in the summer? Where, or would you rather, are you happy where we are but just improve on the on the backup? Or would you rather see four come in top quality and go, yeah, there's 18 of you there and I can, they're all as good as each other and I'll pick an 11 every week. Is that where you want to go with this? No, I... I'm a bit like yourself. I think you make squad players out of your first team players this season. So if you can improve on your first 11 and then you make your, I don't know, your Henderson as your squad player as opposed to buying a squad player behind Henderson, if you get mm-hmm. me. So 
Yeah, all day. I'd still go for a keeper. I'm not convinced on Carrius. He does, he does some brilliant stuff, and then he does some really bad stuff. He done a save against Bournemouth the other week, where it just... I still haven't got over it. He just jumped up in the air. <laughs> yeah, it was mad, wasn't it? And, and it's he, one of those street fight moves, isn't it? I, I don't know how you just did you yeah. I just yeah, don't I think know. That's I, I just don't know what it was. He was like in sus- suspended animation or something. It was mental, but I, I'd still, I'd still want Allison. I'm not sure the sign of centre half. I, I still want a deep line playmaker. I'd like two midfielders. If I with me, a keeper, two midfielders, and a wide forward because I think he'll. He's putting Craig Brewster in the squad next season, so I don't think we'll find, sign a centre forward. I think we Craig might know. Uh, fucking. What's his name? Craig Brewster. Who's Craig? I don't know. Craig Brewster. Yeah, he, the name rings. Is he, what is he, isn't he the guy? Is he another kid in Brewster's millions or something? I thought he was the uh, player played up in Scotland or something. That's what it sounds to me. I think like. he, is. he is. Well, anyway, good old Craig. If he signs Craig Brewster, listen. If he signs Craig Brewster, right? Fuck Craig. It'd be the best fucking summer in Liverpool on Twitter. Mate, you say that. Well, for the first 12 months that we had Lovren, I called him Glenn Lovren. He used to do it all the time. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. Go but yeah, on, so I think, Bru- I, think, <laughs> I think Brewster will be in, in and around the squad. I think he'll loan out Solanke. I think we need at least one top quality forward, like Chris said, mate, to play across the, the front three. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, four. I'd spend 150, 160 million on four top draw players, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, like, I... We've we've just ra- kind of gone on a tangent into this transfer stuff, so we'll stay here. Um, we have about ten minutes left, so we'll we'll, we'll go on this transfer stuff, and um, then we'll we'll. Oh, Roma, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. We're gonna um, just let I got. I'll tell you what we do. We we go through a couple of names that have popped up during the week, and we just give our, a quick opinion on them. I want a one word answer on this one though. Um, Emre Jean, because people are still asking, stay or go? I'm gonna go with go, Ian. Mate, he's gone. He's okay. been gone for 12 months. Cool. Chris? Yeah, he's staying. Okay, cool. He's sticking there. Uh, Craig Brewster used to be the Inverness manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet, I bet he was a player as well. Who yeah, said he, that? he was a player. Uh, one of the lads. Uh, he? he came up there. Um, Craig Brewster, where the fuck have yeah, I pulled that from? Stephen Kingsbury is asking Origi to come back. I can't see it. I no, no. Um, no. Uh, been shit in Germany. The other one today, we're going to do these really quickly because I want to touch on Roma, right? So, um, this guy, Madison off Norwich, a lot of word going around him. Uh, Ian, what do you make of it? Do you know what about him? Is he related to Craig Brewster? Uh, not that I know of. But... Is he related to Glenn Lovren? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I've, I've only seen him maybe five or six times, like, but he looks the part. He's got a, got a goal in him. Do you know what I mean? He's, a good, he's almost like he could possibly be the player you buy to eventually let Lalana go, do you know what I mean? Possibly. But like I say, I've got no problem with the signing young English talents. It's it's Sessignon who's the main one. But mm. if we if Liverpool was to go out and spend fifteen million on James Madison or twenty million or whatever it costs, I don't know. I won't lose any sleep over it, I'll be happy. And if if Klopp likes him, then I'm fine with it. Worst comes to the worst, you sell him in two years for a profit. No brainer. Yeah, that Madison, uh, sorry, Martin Ware says Dundee United he played for also. I think that might be Craig Bruce he's talking about. I'm getting really confused. Yeah, he is, yeah. That's yeah. how I know him, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Bruce, uh, uh, Madison, um, is that the guy that was with Aberdeen? No, he was with Coventry. Coventry. Started, started the Coventry and then went to, uh, where did he go? He went, he decided, and then Norwich and then back Norwich. to Coventry on loan. Yeah. 
Right, I, I think you may have been with Aberdeen at some stage, and may have been on loan. It just he, with Craig Brewster, Craig Brewster, Glenn Lovren's cousin. Um, but now I'm nearly this this guy Madison. I think he might have been with Aberdeen. It's just it's in my head for some reason. Um, a couple of people have asked there Woodburn. I went loan. Woodburn. Yeah, I think he might be alone um, for next season. Yeah, and I think so. Um, yeah. Grays Ian touched on Ryan Bertrand. Ryan Bertrand for you. Um, anything in this for you? Ryan Bertrand. Not Ryan. When, Bertrand. when did I? Fucking hell, lads. Just names now. Just uh, Jimmy Carkill, fucking Barry Grant. Come here. Not not Ryan Bertrand. Um, Sessignon. Um, I had left backs in my head. That, that is a way shout than Craig Brewster that Ryan yes. Uh Martin Ware says that, yes, Brewster, Madison, on loan, Aberdeen. It's all gone off here now, for fuck's sake. Um, Grace, Ryan Sessignon, is there anything in this for you? There's definitely something in it, but it's, again, it's, um, you know, he's a young kid. Everyone, I think, is, I think he's called everyone's eye now. Fantastic talent. Um, Liverpool fan. His dad's a massive Liverpool fan. His agent is his dad, so they they'd love for him. But he's a good kid, and I've said it before, and I th- and I firmly believe this. I don't think he comes if they go up. I think he's such a good kid, and he's such a loyal kid, and there's a very good chance Fulham go up because they're playing some fantastic football. And uh, I'm gonna try saying his name. Jovanovic, is it? Jovanovic, yeah. Yeah, he's a bloody good manager, man. I've noticed him. He's he's, he's doing really well. First, there. Uh, but, first name Craig. Craig Jovanovic. Craig Jovanovic. Yeah. Person. So, so look, Sessegnon, yeah. I think, I think Sessegnon, Sessegnon, in a nutshell, guys, in my opinion, I think if, if, if Fulham don't go up, I think there's a 7 out of 10 chance that he comes. If Fulham, uh, if Fulham, if Fulham come up, I think there's a 6 and a half, a six, 6 out of 10 chance that we sign him and keep uh, loan him out again to Fulham for a year. Yeah, I've I seen that I, mentioned earlier that he might be signed and loan back regardless. I think the only thing that would stop us signing him is if he doesn't want to leave London. And there has been rumours of that in the past. Yeah, That's Tottenham, the only thing. Tottenham that was two years ago. Last, um, yeah. yeah, that was about a year and a half ago. He's still, he's still, he's still only 17, though. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was another one that keeps popping up as well. Um, I've seen it a couple of times. Neves. Who? Oh, Neves, Neves off Wolves. Yeah, I think that might be just agent stuff. I'm not too sure. I think he's a, he's a great player. I watched him a little bit for Porto going back probably a year or two ago and when he was on Liverpool's radar as well and he's a, a really, really good player. Um, Jokanovic is the Fulham player's name. Um, Craig. Craig Jokanovic. Yeah, you're thinking of Jovanovic that played for Liverpool under Roy Hodgson. Remember him? No, no. He was nearly as good as John Barnes. Um, but Ryan Jokanovic. That's what you're thinking of. Yeah, Ryan, Barry, Ryan Barry. Let's call him Barry. Barry Bertrand. BJ. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But no. But no. But can I just can I just have a quick sound Nevis because I love yeah, the kid. Can. I love the kid. I don't think it's happening. I think it's just his agent. He's got that new super agent. Well, sorry, I haven't heard of it anyway. So it might still be happening, but I don't know nothing about that Nevis move. But I tell you what, I do fucking love the kid. And you know, in the past, we've mentioned um, links to NDD, who I think is ahead of him in the pecking order in terms of Liverpool wanting him. Um, what was the other one? Uh, what Ian, Jorginho, yeah. So you know, and Rabio, and there's we've been linked to Decore and all sorts. We've been for me, to this guy off Real Madrid. That's one I wanted to touch on as well. Danny Caballos. Yeah, yeah. But this kid, for me, it will be my number one choice, and I say that for a few reasons. Apart from he's a fantastic player, uh, for me, the maturity 
in his game that he's shown. Not only at not only at Wolves now, but in Porto as well. He must be twenty one still, is he? He's twenty one, is he? And but he's a mixture. I mean, descriptions. Everyone's got their own descriptions of players, and at the end of the day, it's opinions on how you describe a player. But for me, honestly, he's a mixture of this is some this is some comparison. Sorry, this is some mixture. Sorry, Chris. Um, Stephen Kingsbury said it's actually your man's name is Carlos Kickerball. <laughs> Yeah, but the comparison I'd give him, and this is um, before everyone fucking jumps on my head and says I've compared him to X, Y, Z, but he's he's a cross between uh, Alonso and a Mascherano because he can dig. Everyone says, oh, we can't tackle. He can. He's better defensively than Jorginho. He's not as a better controller. Jorginho is a far better controller. Jorginho is far matured. In his game, his boy is his, but Neves his all-round game and his ceiling. I know, we, you know I'm not talking about the ceiling, you know, that uh, everyone else refers to, but his football ceiling in terms of where he's capable of, where he can end up, I think is very, very high. I honestly believe his next transfer after his next one, his second transfer, will be, you know, we'll regret if we don't get him now. If there's any possibility of getting Ruben Neves for around the 40 million mark. I'd do it with my eyes closed over any of the other names mentioned. That's just my personal feeling on the kid. I remember watching him for Porto when I, um, he, he, I think it was one January, I think his name popped up on Liverpool's radar for some reason. And there was talk around the mall, they're still in Europe, so he mightn't go. And I actually took a little bit of interest in him. And um, yeah, I think he's a fantastic player. And I think um, the way Wolves have played, this is quite cute, getting players in like that and getting them to where they need to be and getting the big money and then see what happens from there Ian um, Ruben Neves for you and the other guy um, Real Madrid that everyone seems to pretend to know all about him do you know anything about him? Uh, I watched him a few times when it, who was he at? was it, was it Betis? yeah Betis mm-hmm. and he looked the part then because we were linked with him then uh, but he was going he's a bit of a dickhead though have you heard, heard about his reputation and that? Uh, he no, was I don't know nothing about him I'm sure he Barcelona wanted to sign him, but he, he he made some like Twitter posts about fuck Catalonia or something. Ah, oh, that'll, yeah. that'll do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. And then he's done something else since then as well. He's meant to have a bit of a moody attitude, but he's talented. But I, I don't know how much he'll cost. And I'm not even sure he's a massive a massive upgrade on what we've already got. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He's a nice player, but I'm not sure I'd go mental for him. If you could get him for 10, 15 million, fine. But if they're talking 25, 30, then I'd, I'd sign someone else. Yeah, okay. And, um, and Neves. Yeah, Neves looks the part, but I've I've got me doubts. I've told you I've got me doubts. He's doing it for Wolves in the Championship, which is dog shit. I know he was top drawer at Porto, but his last year at Porto, he fell off. He, he barely, barely played. And we had a couple of injuries. And he looked like he was going to be like this world beater. Now, I'm not saying he's not going to be, but it's an unusual path to take, isn't it? From captain of, in a Champions League at 18 to getting flogged to Wolves a couple of years later because you can't get a game of Porto. Well, I'm not saying it won't be brilliant. I'm just saying it, he's not doing it against top players at the moment, and that's my that's my worry. Yeah, one caveat to that, though, is that um, it, the agent played a massive part in that, and money played a massive part in Oh, I go, had no he, he didn't go to Wolves it. for the crack. Like, you know. No, I get it, get it, but he still didn't play for almost the last season in Porto. He played, like, 15, 20 games, tops. You know what I mean? So... Uh, I wouldn't sign him over Jorginho, no. Not, not for what we need. Jorginho would be my number one, uh, along with Keita. It'd be my number one. Um, because Grizz said there that he doesn't control the game as well as Jorginho. That's what we need. We need someone to dictate 
and a just, quarterback. Yeah, and just put us on in a position on the pitch and go, that's it. And especially because next year we, we said we said this last year, oh when next season comes more teams are gonna sit back and they have. And we've managed to find a way to break them down. The problem with Jorginho is, guys, in my opinion, he won't play your number six. Jorginho plays alongside a ball winner, a more defensive-minded player. Now, if you're saying Cater's guaranteed starter, which I think we'll all agree is, Mm -hmm. and if we're saying Ox is now a prominent member of that first 11, and then you've got the likes of Ginny and Milner's sticking around as well. Jorginho, if you're saying you're going to have a midfield of Jorginho, Cater and Ox, for me, I think that's not sound defensively enough because we can criticise Hendo as much as we want, but he's disciplined in that role. He does stick to what Klopp tells him, and that's what Klopp likes about him. Do, the the do, thing do, I'd say there, though, mate, is we only need a defensive midfielder maybe six times a season in the Prem. Yeah, we've got the ball the whole time, we, and we are we're about breaking sides down. So yeah, we're we're walking I've, around now at seventy percent possession for most games. We really yeah. are. You know what I mean? And, no, no, fair point, fair point. And to be honest with you, the only possession we give teams now, uh, apart from teams like yesterday, because these things will happen, and, you know, I'm annoyed over yesterday, but look, let's put it aside, Tuesday's the bigger thing. But the only possession we seem to give teams now is let them have it at the back for a minute where we just gather ourselves and then we go at them again. There's very few teams in this league that actually get in around there, get in around Henderson now or... Jamani plays or whoever and get in around and try to play around us. It just doesn't happen. They're, they're afraid of life. And we, we said this last year coming into this season that it'll happen. It's going to happen even more again. You're going to go up another level on that. And that's where I think Jorginho is brilliant. Indeed, for me, um, an absolute unit and an athlete, but I don't see the point in them. As Ian said, six to eight games. Maybe Champions League, probably I a bit do. more. I, I, I think him alongside, like Grisha said, they uh, are a. Napoli, they've got like Allen and stuff, but pro box to box non-stop. Indeed, he's like that alongside Jorginho. Do you know what I mean? So, and if we're talking about having a squad, then we should have five top draw midfielders. We, should, we shouldn't only think, yeah, when, when, when's he going to get in the starting eleven? It shouldn't be that. It should yeah. be, look at our, look how good our bench is. That's yeah. what we should be. You know what I mean? Yeah, and in turn, it pushes people on, and people aren't sure of their spot, and it pushes them and pushes them and pushes them, and you end up with the intensity over a whole season where lads are ready to step in against an Everton or a West Brom or a Stoke next week and can take that on and say, do you know what, I'm going to show this fella because I could end up in the Champions League final if anything happens to these lads, you know. Um, look, lads, on to Roma. We have to do this quickly. Um, we're just about on the hour. Um, Roma, Tuesday night, um, I think I said it earlier, I don't know if you agree, but I think the team picks itself. I think Wijnaldum might be the one to miss out um, in the middle of midfield. Anyone disagree with that, Ian? No, I think... You go Hendo Milner Ox and Grizz. Do you agree? I think I think at home. I think he may go Ginny. You think so? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the rest of the team picks itself. Yeah. 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 We're back for front three. Um, Rome have rested players this weekend. I know Jeko. I know De Rossi was rested. Grizz. Um, they went out and played a four-five-one against Barcelona in the fourth leg, and they played quite well from all accounts. Um, but two own goals and, and all sorts they were four one. They switched to three four three or some sort of amalgamation of three four three for the second leg. Um I said this last week I'm praying to God to go three four three at some stage against us and God love them. But Tuesday night for you, A, what way do you think you can see Roma lining up? And B, 
what give me a prediction give me what what do you think might be out the outcome maybe Roma predicting Roma is quite tricky because they are their manager is a very uh, astute tactician he's a very he changes his tactics quite a lot and he's very meticulous in his tactics as well so I know there's been a lot of noise sort of from Manolas coming out today and saying look we've got a plan for Salah and how we're going to do it and you know we're not going to do this man marking how they set up against Barcelona uh, in the second leg at home was was with three at the back and what they've done was sort of they had um, they had Strootman and um, the other midfielder Rossi sits deepest Strootman and Nangalan right who are their sort of box to box proper units man we're talking proper box to box units and they what they done was totally sat literally sat on Busquets and Iniesta because they knew that that's where the the danger is emanating from because if Busquets and Iniesta don't get the ball the front three danger men don't get the ball I think with us, it's going to be a bit tricky because we don't play. We don't have, it's quite obvious, we don't have Busquets and Iniesta, but we sort of try to, we do the opposite. We get to the ball to our forwards as quick as possible as Barcelona rely on the build-up. So I think they're going to play far deeper. With, with Barcelona, they stepped right on their toes, played three at the back, a high line, and just, just made them, press them all over the pitch. Now, if they play against like that against us, then I think we will murder them. I really think we will get in behind. If they try to play a high-pressing line against us and push up their central midfielders as much as they did against Barca, I think they will revert. If if if, if the praise that I've given uh, the Roma coach, you know, if, if, if he fulfills that praise and does tactically adapt to us, then I think they will go uh, their three at the back, five in midfield and two up front. I re- was really happy to see one of their rested players was Kolarov on the weekend because that means he definitely plays against us. And the Kolarov, uh, from what I remember, from what I've seen, is is ready to be roasted by uh, our very own player of the year. So um, prediction-wise, it's going to be tough, man. I know there's predictions and probably Ian's going to do his usual prediction as well. Like, and probably Matt, you know, we know Matt's going to smash them, but again... Clean sheet, for me, is the most important thing. Even if we say, let's say we win 1-0 or 2-0, all day long I'll take that, as long as we get their clean sheet, because because we definitely score over there. All right, so give us a score. 2-0. 2-0, OK. Ian, um, a couple of people have come in here and said that, A, Roma are no mugs to start off with. Um, a couple of people have said that, they they may look to do what United done and push Jekko onto Lovren. Um, they won't be easy to beat. They'll park the bus. Um, there's a lot of different variants on the way Roman may do this. Um, what's your take on it? Do you think they'll come in and decide to shut up shop and take what you know take a one nil for argument's sake back to Rome with them, or do you think they'll be naive in my opinion? and try to come out and play Liverpool and, and go for away goals and, and see what they can do. Um, a couple of people are saying an away goals win for us, an away goal win to get through. What way do you see Roma? What do you expect from Roma on Tuesday? Night? And again, what's your prediction? Uh, I think they'll come and sit deep. Uh, but I would take 1-0 right now. Because yeah. I, I think... We're, we're scoring in the, at their ground. So I would take 1-0. Uh, I think if we go there 
it's like Grazer said there in, in his 38 minute rant away goals context context away goals away goals are massive do you know what I mean massive if they if they don't score I would take 1-0 if they score I think we need to win by 3 2 or 3 so I would go 1-0 or 4-1 <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I'll tell you how... It's got, it's, got to be, it's got to be one or the other. It, it, for us to go through, it's got to be either we've got to twat them or we, they can't score. Do you know what I mean? I, I can't see us winning 2-1 and then going away. I, I'd hate to go away 2-1 or 3-2. Do you know what I mean? I'd hate that. Mm-hmm. Because we'll be caught, a bit like against City, we'll be caught in, in between two miles whether it's a play our natural game or psychologically think, well, they've got to score. And I'm not a fan of that. I'd almost... I'd almost rather take nil nil than two one win. Yeah, almost. I know where you're coming from. Yeah, because then it's just a straight shooter rather yeah. than a, a tactical or fucking you know a game in the mind more than nothing else. Um, they really me, have a few ways of playing because normally they recently they, if they play, if they play two up top they play that Patrick Schick or Patrick Shit as I call him because I think is is useless um, along with Jacko up top two target men. I think that will play into our hands. Them, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, but I think that will play into our hands if they do. Now they went balls out. I know we're talking about discussing. We, they play deep, but Ian against Barca in the first leg, they actually went balls out and played them, and they had a fair few chances. Just that Patrick shit was shit, and just couldn't put them. They had a fair few chances, but their danger man for me is uh, oh fucking, I'm gonna try to pronounce his name. Apart from Jerko, is a Turkish guy. Um, He's spelled under, as in U-N-D-E-R. Yeah, I'm sure that's not how you spell it. Uh, let's pronounce it, sorry. But I'll tell you what, this kid is fantastic. So he's very, very much one to look out for for me. Um, for me, a clean sheet is the is the priority. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually there. The comments are flying in here about they'll give us different problems to City. I could see them being more like a problem that United would give us than City would. I think they are. I, I agree. I think they are. If Dzeko play up front on his own, but I think they will try target him on Lovin, and I think they'll try to get men in around either side of him. Um, they're not the quickest at the back. I know that. I know that by watching them. So I think they will sit deep. Um, I can see them. Mate, they're, not, they're, not quick all, they're not quick all over the pitch. They're, they're a typical Italian side. There's they, not much pace. They probably aren't, but the, the pace at the back is always the key when, when you're coming to an away game like this. Um, they don't need to be quick to win to get the balls up to Jekyll and maybe get set pieces off or something like that. Um, I think they will sit deep. I think Roma would happily walk away from this without, dare I say, a 2 0 defeat. I genuinely do, I think, because going away to Barcelona and losing 4 1 and turning around and beating Barcelona 3 0 at home would probably give them belief that they can do that to anyone now. Much the same yeah, way. Yeah, but that, that's, that's with the away goal, though. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was yeah. because of the away goal. I would love them to have that mindset against us. We we we, we can say Liverpool over three 0 at home. I would love them to have that mindset because they, they won't. No, no, because you see, and this is where the this is where we come back to this away goals thing. A clean sheet is massive for us because yeah. if we if we got if we win two 0 at home and Roma come in and go, oh, we can turn them over three 0 Roma are going to come at us. They're not. I just said they're not the quickest in the world, and not being quick and pushing up the pitch. Is just literally the perfect storm for Liverpool to play against you. Um, prediction for me, 3-0 Tuesday night. Um, I, think, I think we control them. I think we're, we're, we're very, very intense. And I think 
you can stand on your fucking goal line for all I care. All 11 is Salah's going to find a way. It's just fucking that simple. He will find a way. Uh, so 3 0 for me. It's a prediction. Um, it's going Do you know Ian, Ian, Ian Gav proper trolls us on WhatsApp, that means, doesn't he? With all his fucking negative bullshit. He comes on the no, pod no. and he turns like fucking old Mr. No, Superfan. No. <laughs> no. Well, I, I, only, I only speak the truth. <laughs> Every, like, there's usually like a dark horse in the tournament with momentum and all that who just come flying at the end. And you would say... That, that that's both of us. It's unusual that there's two sides that have done what we both of us were expected to go out to City and, and Barca. So for us to get each other, it, it's unusual. Do you know what I mean? Both of us have got massive momentum. Yeah, but I think like people have called Roma the dark horses because of the way they see Italian football. At the end of the day, Roma have been in title challenges for probably the last three seasons against just a team that were better than them in Juventus. They pushed Juventus probably on one or two occasions in the last three years. Whereas we are back in the Champions League and what it's is it the third time in ten years we're in the Champions League? Would it be right? So we're more of an underdog than them. It's just their stature um, and the league we play in makes it look like they're less. Well, they see, have more experience than we do. We're not, underdogs are a weird team because if we play as well as we can and they play as well as they can, we're a better side. So 100%. we we, sh- we shouldn't be the underdog. I think, you know what I, I, think mean. I think it's safe to say we've got a brilliant referee on Tuesday. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is a top scorer. Uh, and um, if I remember correctly, in the first leg uh, against Man City, we had a German referee as well. It's the same so, fella. I beg your pardon, is it really? Yeah. Oh, it's the same it's, fella, that's, yeah. That's, that's a strange Dr. one. Dr. Felix. Yeah, you see, because they all qualified. I think it's like a, a point system nearly. Where I'm very happy with that. Qualifying, yeah, he was really good in the fourth he left the game. He left the game flow, and they, they are dogs in the middle. Yeah. I was just going to say I love De Rossi he's one of my favourite players I was just going to say I love De Rossi but I tell you what if Ox is fully energised and can get on his game I tell you Ox is giving him a horrid time because De Rossi is their deepest playmaker and he sits there and he just he just he takes play but he's no way the same player that he was a few years no. back he's, for, dog slow. he's proper dog slow now and the next to him is Strootman and Nangalan who won't outrun our players but they, I tell you what, the term dogs of war for these guys, they're proper beasts. And we need a strong referee. And we need a lot of, lot of help from the crowd in terms of getting these free kicks and decisions that may be 50-50. And, you know, and another thing that's very underrated, Salah will know, because you've got to remember Salah played there. I don't, we haven't got enough time to touch on it. Uh, hey, that won't stop you, mate. That won't stop you. you won't stop me, but Salah, but Salah, Salah will know, because when you train with the same defenders day in, day out, he will know the weak links in their defence and he'll be in clubs here all week telling him look I fucking used to roast him on a regular yeah you know even if it's Salah don't put me up Salah against you know tell Mane to go up against him or tell Bobby to do this against this guy he used to hate this do you know what I mean so I think Salah could be a key in more ways than one yeah and don't, don't forget on the way there Dave Bush is going to get bazookaed isn't he outside the yeah. ground so they're used to that me, me and Gav were talking about that they're used to that yeah Shani nah, FC has gone over with a tray of um, copper brick that's all you're telling me. Um, so God, God knows what he's up to with Copper Bay. I'm, I'm all about gay pride, man. I'm all about it. <laughs> Listen, we have to finish up, but um, last, little, last little thing, and the people on Periscope get involved in this as well. Celebrity deaths, it's all over the shop at the minute. Um, the little fella from that film. What's the film called? I probably haven't seen it. What was it called? Uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, I, I think I've seen half of it. Um, he died at 49. Um, DJ Avicii, is that his name? He's gone. Um, 
So we, no were, talking, we, were, we were having a chat about this earlier and we were thinking, two questions. Uh, the first one's fine. The first one's just, is there a celebrity death that you took way too, you took way too hard because you don't know the person? And second is, um, if you want to, you don't have to, do you want to try predict a celebrity death in the next year? Um, Ian, I said, no, no, Ian, you can stay there. Grizz. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just I, no. I, I I'm going to leave this to Ian because you know. I'm oh, fuck off. Yeah, I'm going to no, leave this to Ian. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not wishing death on no one apart from. What's I'm not wishing name? death. Okay, I'm not but, but the 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 the, the oh. most emotional one for me was, uh, I think probably the most emotional one for a lot of people was Mami Dani. Oh, I really thought you were going to say Whitney Houston. No. You know, you know you've, got, you've got a point. You've got a point. You have got a point. But no, Muhammad Ali was very emotional for me. I did. I must admit, it did affect me quite a bit. I, I was off the KFC for at least four days. But, That's what's her name? What's her name, man? Fuck's sake. Whitney Houston. The, no, the racist bigot. Katie Hopkins. Katie Hopkins. She's the only one, I think, at the moment that I wish um, See, death upon. I Accident, know accidental will. death. I didn't Ver, think Ver, we were. Sorry, sorry Vern and Troy are people that had him. Yeah. I didn't know we were wishing death. I thought we were just saying, who do we think will be next? So, next. Mr. Nice Guy there yeah. just fucking put a hit out on Katie Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, it's deadly in the head. Ian, is there anyone that you took? Um, oh, sorry. At Mick Jones, 18 says Prince Philip. <laughs> Wait, okay. He's, he's never dying. He's no, never he's, dying. He's, he's unbreakable, that lad. Um, yeah. is, is, he, is he the fella that just does weird shit? When the Queen yeah, goes he's, to prison, yeah, he's racist as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he's he's good. He's good crack though, isn't he? He's nuts. He's proper nuts. Yeah, I love yeah. him. I don't yeah. want him. I don't. I don't wish death upon him. No, you can't. You can't do two people. You've already told Katie Hopkins to fuck off. Um, come here, Ian. Uh, is there anyone that you took a bit hard and you thought afterwards that was a bit much? Yeah, Robin Williams. I loved Robin Williams. Yeah, I got into trouble over Robin Williams. No, I, I don't. I, I don't yeah, know why, man. but I, I loved him and I. I shared similar similar traits with them at certain times, you know what I mean? So I could relate. So that affected me. And his film's a boss. He's boss. And who do I think will go? Because uh, your nose is quite similar to his as well, Robin Williams. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been called worse. You're like Robin Williams reincarnated, there, you? Uh, I'm like Robin Williams four years after he died. <laughs> uh, if you close the curtains, yeah. Who do I think will go? I think... I'm going to go for Stan Lee, the comic book fella, because he's about 480. Or an outside chance will be <laughs> will be Gaza, because he's got it in him, just to fucking pick a fight with a rhino or something. He's mental. <laughs> yeah, he's completely uh, mental. Yeah, that's who I'll go for. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I can wish that on anyone. No, don't wish, you... don't, don't wish death on anyone, please. I please. didn't wish death. No, I didn't wish death. I said, I think she's going to die next. Let me rephrase it. I think she's she's gonna be one of the ones who's gonna die. That's gonna fucking sound like a fucking putting a hit on her. Uh, Le- Lousy Crow. If she goes, I'm gonna have the fucking FBI run right out. Lousy Crow says that Robbie Williams is still alive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought he was dead. He hasn't had a good song about fifteen years. Craig Bruce is still alive. Should he? What he want to be? He's had to sign on a pre-contract with us. Um, I've never. I tell taken... you what. I tell you what. If we didn't, if we didn't get this fat back for weight loss challenge in place, I think one of us could have been the next ones to die. You know, in terms of Mate, our, you know, you're still not up the woods. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? 
Oh, I've never taken a celebrity's head too too harshly, like too. You're a wanker. Never got me down. Because you don't own a fucking telly. No, it's not that. I just I haven't. Um, I've got into trouble over them, where I kind of someone dies and I go, oh, "Lads, for fuck's sake!" Like you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they go, "All right, oh, well, uh, he had fucking this," and I was yeah. going to go, "You didn't even know that Lee died yesterday." Give it over. I got into trouble over that. Um, who do I think will go? Um, I think Trump has a decent chance. Mm. Only, if he, only if he's shot. Yeah, but that's a death team. It's the, all deaths are the same. Like you know what I mean? Like he's a celebrity and he'd be dead, so I think it counts. I think he's yeah. he upsets enough. That's people. a fair shout. I think he, I think he'd be upset enough people. And the thing is, like, there's enough mad Americans, isn't that? That one of them has gone to one and go. Oh, I've had enough yeah. of this fella. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. If he, if he was the president of Ireland, right? Well before today, someone would have not shot him. They'd have punched the fucking head off him in the street. But the, the problem is, though, mate, those are mad Americans. They're the ones that voted the country in the first yeah, place. Yeah, so. no, yeah, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. I love that. And I love the way they wanted Hillary Clinton and she was sending dodgy emails and giving all this... She's just a devil. Yeah, she's and, a devil. Yeah, so... But look, that's um, that's our predictions. Uh, Ian, Ian took Robin, Robin Williams a bit harsh. Um, he reckons it could be Gaza because he has her in him. Um, I don't take them too seriously and I think Trump's I'd, I'd be, be devoted. I'd be devoted if it was Gaza. But... My my main I'm going for Stanley. Stanley, yeah, correct. Yeah. And um I I said Trump is in trouble. Grizz got down about uh, Muhammad Ali um and has wished that on Katie Hopkins. I uh, did not wish that. He did, I he said. did he wished it. He wished it, I heard him, I heard yeah. him. That racist cunt will go next. That's exactly what you said. <laughs> <laughs> that white bitch, you said. That white, that white bitch. <laughs> Cut. This is fucking guy. Cut, I want out. Listen, lads, we're going ahead. Um, it's been a great show. Thanks a million for all the comments that are flying in here. Um, it's uh, people. Yeah, just, it's probably conspiracies and everything are going to start up now. Fucking uh, time flew today, innit, lads? But, Bloody uh, hell. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, time has flown. Doesn't it? Doesn't it fly when there's no mat? Doesn't time fly when there's no mat? Yeah, I, I don't it. know. It, it, it means you talk more. It swings and roundabouts. Yeah, come here. Uh, uh, I just, I just seen something here as well. What's the story with that hooker going on about Trump? It's Stormy something was that her name? Stormy oh. Daniels. Yeah, you don't know that. That hooker's. Yeah, she reckons she can. She reckons she can describe like his dick and everything. But I mean. I've seen a couple of dicks in my time, and yeah. they're all pretty much look the same. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If she turns around and says, "Yeah, yeah, his dick, uh, it, it's got two balls under it," then yeah. I think she's full of shit. But yeah. he is a dirty bastard. Then, then we definitely not. Uh, then we definitely know that's not Matt's dick. If it has an underarm or logo on it or something, then then you know she's telling the truth. Like, yeah. Yeah. If she says it, his, his dick's got a fucking orange side part, then I'll be like, Ooh, <laughs> "Yeah, hold on, she might be onto something here." <laughs> yeah. Right, guys, uh, cut this. I've got to go for a walk. Come on, I've got to go for a walk. Well, where are you going? The shipper? No, I'm going in a park. I'm looking for fucking Petty Hopkins. <laughs> okay, whatever you're into. I'm looking for Petty Hopkins. Hurry up. All uh, right, go on. What to apologize? So would I. Right, talk to you in a bit. Over now. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Coles has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. 
Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.